is Brooke, and you're listening to the Vintage Gardener Podcast, which is where I give you tips and tricks for gardening, particularly if you're like me and you garden in southern New Jersey, which is Zone 7A. So I just wanted to remind everyone that there is a live call-in show, which is scheduled for November 19th at 8 p.m. The topic is recipes using produce that you grew in your own garden. I think that'll be a fun one because most vegetable gardeners, actually, I don't know of any vegetable gardeners who don't end up with an overabundance. And sometimes your imagination gets stretched a little thin trying to come up with creative ways to use all your produce. So hopefully uh, the people who call in will give um, give some new to you recipes that you can use. Um, it, just so you guys know, this podcast, in addition to being on Podbean, I'm going to attempt to live stream it again. I have this new uh, software. I'm going to try to stream it to uh, YouTube and Facebook Live simultaneously. So there are plenty of ways to watch. But once again, if you want to call in, you're going to have to join us on Podbean. Okay, so today's episode, we are continuing the review of literally every plant that I grew in my garden this year. (laughs) And so this episode, we're actually going to do two different types of plants. We're going to do snapdragons and we're going to do foxglove simply because I didn't really have a lot of either. So, I mean, don't get me wrong, we'll have a full length episode, but I think I had maybe four or so snapdragons and like two foxgloves. Uh, but don't forget to come back next Sunday because next week we're going to be doing uh, poppies and I have a lot more poppies and a lot more to say upon that. Okay guys, so first on tap are the snapdragons. Okay, so I did, uh, let's see, a lemon sherbet, uh, chantilly light salmon, or salmon, let's pronounce the right one, it's salmon, excuse me, salmon. Oh my gosh, please don't, don't, uh, not, you know, <laughs> unsubscribe because I mispronounced that word. Uh, then there was night and day snapdragons, Madam Butterfly bronze snapdragon. And then, oh, also I forgot, I have a Rembrandt Snapdragon. Uh, So, you know, let's start with the Rembrandt Snapdragon first. This is something that I grew last year. It's referred to as a half-hardy annual because it does need some cold. I started this one in March of 2020, and so it came up very well. The flower on it is really interesting. It's bicolored. It starts off almost like a red at the top with like white at the base, but it ages out to like an orange, which fades, you know, into the bottom as a yellow. I, let's see, I planted it in large clumps last year when I first transplanted it. I had some leaf mulching at the root. And so interestingly enough, because I leaf mulched it, well, actually I didn't leaf mulch it, just kind of naturally happened that that's where the leaves gathered. It actually overwintered. And so it bloomed twice. Uh, it actually blooms fairly early. Um, it was like, it was like mid, well, actually, I guess that's kind of normal time. Maybe actually it kind of blooms later because it was like mid to late May. And typically snapdragons do like cooler weather. So yeah, I guess it was, it was like, yeah, mid to late May. 
And then I actually got a second flush of blooms once the temperature started cooling. It's, it's really pretty. I'm thinking of transplanting it into maybe the orange section because with what I'm doing in the promenade beds, which is where it's located now, that color is just not gonna match. I probably, I'm gonna see if it's gonna overwinter again this year. If it does, that's when I'll do it. I'm not gonna try to transplant it right now. You know, I'm learning a lot about snapdragons. I always thought of them as annuals, but you know, maybe they are like tender perennials in the zone, depending upon the variety. I got these seeds, I think from Hudson Valley Seeds, and it's definitely one to add to your collection. Then let's see, I did Madame Bronze Butterfly. I got the seeds from Geo Seeds. It's now on my sheet here, I have this one marked as a tender perennial. It'll get up to 36 inches, which is absolutely true because it actually got up to 30. That's what it got up to in my garden was 36 inches. Uh, the one notation that I would I noted in this one was that it needs support because they were flopping all over the place. So it's one of those types of things I'm definitely gonna have to do um, for the Snapdragons. I really need to do like a grid, like with like hor like hor Hortanova, Hortnova, I think it's how you pronounce it, Hortnova netting, uh, because they were falling over. But yes, it had really long, really long stems. And I think because they fell over, you know, the blooms because of phototropism, you know, started changing shape so they were kind of bent but I think if I'm if they're standing up properly that'll eliminate them and yeah I'm looking forward to growing them next year so I'm definitely gonna I have a lot of leaves I'm gonna shred them mulch them up really nice and I'll see if they, I'm hoping they'll um they'll survive the winter so I noted that once again this takes a while to germinate uh, the flower is like a deep orange coral color Okay, then I did, uh, I tried some night and day snapdragons that I got from Botanical Interest. This one's a little shorter. It's like, gets by 18 by 18 according to the instructions on the seed packet. This was supposed to go in my red section because the flowers are red. Um, now, with all the snapdragons, I would say you can plant them, I would say every three to six inches apart. I think it looks like I planted things more like six inches apart. So, um, this is one of the ones I winter sowed in January. They did not thrive. And so like I get little sprouts, but they just, I saw like the two, um, you know, the first two leaves, which I can't remember what the name of them is called. It's like kata something. Um, but I saw the first two leaves and never percussed past that point. None of them survived. So there, here there was a couple things that happened. Number one. I was using, I think, some Espoma potting mix, which I have since realized from winter sowing is absolutely horrible. Do not use Espoma. Um, definitely use something. You can use any other potting mix. Just don't use um, Espoma. It's it's very hydrophobic. It, you know, the seeds need that damp and Espoma did not do that. So there was that. But the other thing is that I think it may have been too early. All of the snapdragons that I started in March did much better. So next year, I'm going to start my snapdragons doing a winter, a, a later winter sowing. And I think that they'll do a lot uh, better. Um, then I also had a Chantilly Light Salmon. Um, this one is more of a peach yellow. 
Um, it's considered to be a tender perennial. It did, it too gets about 36 inches, definitely needs support and staking. Um, and I did a March winter sowing in my um, cold frame, did very well. It blooms earlier in the season. And then now that it's cooled down, it, it started blooming again. It started blooming in September and October. And then last but not least, I have um, lemon sherbet. So these are ones I got from Geoseeds. Actually, you know what? The Chantilly Light Cream and the um, Madam Butterfly Bronze, I got those from Geoseed as well. And so the lemon sherbet is, is listed on the Geoseeds catalog as being hardy to zone six. Um, it's supposed to have a yellow flower. I don't know if it's going to be a hard yellow or a soft yellow. I'll, I will see. I started this mid to late summer, so I was not expecting it to flower this year. Really, I just wanted to get it started in the ground so that it could kind of establish itself over the winter. Um, I put it in, actually, I put it, I started in really tiny cups, which probably wasn't the best thing. It definitely, I would say definitely, struggle to get started I think just because it was too hot and, and snapdragons do prefer cool so it's definitely something that I'll do more for next year but I'll start them in March it did not flower this year because I started too late but from when I put it into now it's definitely gotten a lot taller uh, so I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to put like a small enclosure around it and fill it with some leaves actually uh, this one one of my neighbors, actually she's not a neighbor, she's because she lives in a different town, but she gave me these almost like boxes that she made out of like hardware cloth. And she would plant flowers in, uh, plant plants in them in the ground where voles or stuff would nibble on their, on the roots. But I'm thinking if I turn those upside down, you know, use some landscape staples, hold them in place, you know, like fill it with leaves. If I have like a tender plant like that, maybe that'll be good to keep it, um, insulated over the, over the winter. So that's how I'm going to try. And I'll get back to you guys next year on how the blooms actually look. Okay guys. So now it's time to turn our attention to foxglove or digitalis. So I grew two different types of foxglove this year. I did them winter sowing. Um, I got both seeds from, oh, hold on, let me think about this. Okay, I went and looked, pulled the pack. So I got Cafe Creme Digitalis seeds from Geo Seeds, and I got Temple Bells Yellow from Outside Pride. There were a couple of other foxglove seeds that I got. I got a chocolate foxglove. And then I got sugar plum. I tried those, but I think it was just a little too late in the season. And so um, they didn't really, they didn't do anything. So I, I'm not reviewing them now because I just didn't get any sprouts. It just didn't work. So let's talk about Cafe Creme first. So this gets, I have the mature size being 18 inches by 36. For some reason, I thought these were a little bit shorter, um, but maybe, but I wrote it down that way. So I guess that that's probably the height um, or maybe there's it's 36 inch spread, perhaps. I don't know, because I put those at the, be, at the front of the bed. So I may be transplanting them next year. So they have a white flower. I planted some of them in the green section. <clears throat> 
and then some of them in the white section. Uh, the ones I planted in the green section, they got into the ground much earlier in the season, and so they bulked up really, really well. Um, they didn't flower this year, which I did read somewhere online that they did flower their first year. I That was surprising to me because from what I remember with you know, foxglove, I think if you plant the seeds in the fall, maybe you'll get a bloom the next season, but typically it usually is like the first year is like green growth and the second year is when you get the bloom because a lot of foxgloves tend to be um, biennial, meaning that they bloom in the second year and then they die. Now these, from what I recall, are listed as being perennial, but I'm not sure if it's a long perennial, like for example, peonies, which will just, you know, keep blooming, that plant has a lifespan of like 100 years, or if it's more of a short-term perennial, like some hollyhock, which can be like five years and then they're done. Um, so that's what I'll be figuring out. Uh, but like I said, um, it was, they did put on a lot of green growth and especially in the green section, I think it's going to be, I mean, I think both sides are going to be phenomenal, but I think I actually have more cafe creme in the green section simply because it, the, with the heat, the way the heat was going, I just wanted to get as many of them in the ground because I felt like they were, they were really suffering. But like I said, they recovered. So the thing about Fox Club is that, of course, it's part of the Digitalis family. It is toxic to people. It is toxic to animals. So if, for example, you wanted to, a natural way to keep passed away, especially like from your vegetable garden. I know people have recommended that you plant foxglove on the perimeter of your vegetable garden so that to keep the animals away. So something you might want to try. The next digitalis is Temple Bell Jello. Once again, I got this from, um, from Outside Pride. And so the winter sowing worked well. I think I planted this one like maybe late February. And so I actually got a lot of sprouts on this one. I did put it in the yellow section. I do have to check them. The yellow section, if you guys have remembered past videos, got completely out of control. The straw flower just like took over everything. You know, I had yarrow. I had rubecchia in there. I also had... There was a bunch of yellow flowers I had in there, and quite frankly, oh, that's right, I forgot there was echinacea in there too. Um, so I really couldn't see where everything else was. So I know vaguely where I put the yellow temple foxglove. So you know, I've already cut the straw flower back once, and I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna do it again. It apparently is not bothered by the frost at all. As a matter of fact, we have had like one killing frost because. My dahlias already have already started to die and the dahlias die at 28 degrees. And those, you know, straw flower are like, oh, frost, what frost? I don't see no frost. <laughs> and so I'm gonna have to cut them back again. And when I'm cutting them back, I'll see if I can find where the digitalis are. I'm hoping that because there was so much sunflower and straw flower that just took over, I'm really hoping that they didn't kill or, you know, basically just, you know, smother to death all of the foxglove because that would be extraordinarily unfortunate. I can tell you right now with the straw flower, and that's going to be a topic for a different day. Um, I'm I'm probably not just going to cut it back. I'm, I'm going to also start removing some of them because they, 
I think some of them actually self-seeded in the bed. So that's one of the reasons I don't think I could see where the digitalis was. So I think it did okay, but I have, I do recall early in the season, I did do recall seeing some of the leaves. So I think they're under there. I don't know what status the leaves are in because, you know, when they're overshadowed by other plants and, you know, kind of keeps it cool and moist down there, sometimes the leaves aren't the best. But when I last saw them, they appeared to be doing well. So guys, that is it for today's episode. Um, I'm really, actually, I'm really enjoying going over them like this because when I'm actually looking back at my slideshows and that sort of thing, there's so many plants I actually forgot that I grew. And so I have to really, I have had to go back and look at my Instagram to look at pictures. And it's, it's really nice because I'm, you know, it, it's, it's great to actually get things down on paper and, you know, commit them to paper rather than relying on memory because, you know, as time goes on, you start to forget the things. And especially when you are like me, who will probably end up with several hundreds, <laughs> if not, you know, close to a thousand varieties of plants in her garden. Uh, so anyway, guys, uh, don't forget about the podcast on November 19th at 8 p.m. And also uh, check back in next Sunday because I'm going to be doing an episode on poppies. Like I said, I had, I think, did I do 11? I think I did 11. And I think they're probably my new favorite plant. Uh, but you guys will definitely want to hear the review on that. So thank you guys so much for listening. I will see you in the next podcast. And then I, hopefully I'll see you guys at the Golden Show. Uh, so thank you so much for listening.